right, good morning. So it's a fifth Sunday. We've, we've, re, we've reworked our calendar a little bit. So on fifth Sundays, we're going to have uh, either a missions focus or a testimony time for us as a, as a class. Uh, next year, we'll start getting into some testimony time. And we'll give you more detail about that. Uh, but just start thinking about that. When God is moving and God is doing big things, just know uh, when fifth Sundays come that we want you guys to to be engaged. To be, that'll be a service where everybody's going to have the opportunity to participate. That's not a James or Dell service. That's a God is doing great things in his people service. And then hopefully those two things will overlap. One of my prayers for next year is we talk about missions and testimony is that out of this group, God is putting people on the mission field, right? That you guys would start praying and considering the missions trips that are already uh, that are being put together. We'll talk about them in, in a few weeks. But the missions opportunities that come up in 2024, I pray that you guys are considering and growing, getting equipped so that you can go or support those trips. And then as we do testimony, man, if it just overlaps and runs over and it's like, hey, we, we had this missions trip and this was happening, man, praise the Lord for that. And so today we're going to have a little bit of that. It's going to be uh, a missions focus plus with some testimony. I want to take just a minute in Jonah chapter one. So if you have your Bible, just we're going to look at two verses real quick to set us up. And then we're going to hear about a trip to Laramie that happened a few weeks ago. And then I'll come back up. Started Jonah last last week. But let's just focus on a, a, a short little phrase here. It says in Jonah 1, 1, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go. Arise, go. And then he has some specific details. But that, that phrase, arise, go, is not unique to Jonah. Uh, in terms of that specific phrase, it comes up about 16 times in the Bible. But that concept comes up all throughout the Bible. From the very beginning all the way to the very end, God is calling people to, to get up and then to go. Arise and go. We know Jonah didn't do a good job of that. We won't dig into Jonah right now, but Jonah decided to arise and run the other direction instead of arise and go where God had said. So jump ahead to Jonah chapter 3. Starting in verse 1, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go. And then the rest of the verse is the same as 1-2. As 1-2 one, one, and 3-2, it's the same message. And, and, I, and we mentioned this briefly, and it'll come up again. But this is what, what God wants us to do with our lives. And when we don't respond to that call of God in our life to arise and go, then that call will keep coming up over and over and over. God will bring you through cycles in your life where you'll he'll say, arise, go. And you're like, all right, I'm going. And you'll, you'll do one of these. And you're like, and he'll say, arise, go. And you're like, yes. And then you do this again. And you go, I feel like I've been here before. And he says, because I told you to arise, go. And you didn't arise, go. I mean, you goed, you went, but you just you just did your own way instead of go to Nineveh and do that thing, right? And of course, the Great Commission is exactly the same thing. Go ye therefore. The therefore is what? Because Jesus arose. I arose 
and I'm giving you guys all power in life. You and me now as believers, we have arisen. We have a new life. We have been risen from the dead. And so the Great Commission is now, therefore, you go to everybody. And so we have a great need, uh, and not just need, but command for missions to arise and to go. And a couple of things uh, I'll give you to think about. Number one, think about going. Number two, think about supporting those that go. All right? And in 2024, I want everybody in this room to be thinking about those things. How do I go or how do I support those that go? And I'm going to come back at the end and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more. But the command has already been given. So for us to not go and or not support those who go is disobedient. Right? And then we'll get to the end of 2024. And you will have had really good intentions and good plans, but something happened, and then there was an attack, and then my car broke down, and then I lost some money, and I had to do all these other things. And that'll be like 2023, it was hard, and I have these excuses, I can't. And then we'll be in November of 2024, and, and you'll hear me say, arise, go, and you'll be like, I've heard that. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, um, uh, a small team, a two-by-two, trip, got to go out to Laramie, and, uh, you know, generally speaking, we just did a trip trainers um, training, trip leaders training thing a couple of weeks ago. One of our kind of general idea principles is that missions is for everybody. At Midtown, we believe that missions is for everybody, and everybody should be involved in missions at some level. Pray, prepare, give, and go. Everybody should be involved in missions, and one of our principles is as missions trip leaders, we we don't want to, uh, like, handpick the team, because the message that that sends is that missions isn't open to everyone. I need Mark and I need Rashawn, but then Farrell's like, well, what? how come I can't? Now, sometimes there's specific needs, right? And we might pick spe spe uh, specific people to meet some need. But generally speaking, things are open to all you guys. And so, uh, you know, with that in mind, my brother Nate took a small team a couple weeks ago, and uh, the, the team... Um, maybe that he picked or that it just fell out. I'm not sure, but let's listen to the team and you guys decide. It was his son, his brother, and his father. Oh, yeah, so the people first? I'm just... On two by twos, those are small. We handpick our teams. But actually, I'm going to introduce you to my brother, Paul. He's going to start off. Uh, Paul Fife is the middle of the three Fife sons, that's me and then Paul and then Nate. And uh, he got to go to Laramie. And so he needs that handheld. I'll grab that from Rashad. And he's gonna tell you about Laramie. And while he's doing it, just uh, there's some pictures that they'll just kind of slowly work their way through and then Nate will jump up after Paul. Good morning, Faith. So I've always wanted to go on a mission trip. And when Nate brought it to my attention, I started to consider it and, and pray about it. And, you know, Laramie, Laramie interests me to begin with just, uh, the, 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 the beautiful country, Wyoming. Uh, I like the country. I like cowboys. I'm told there's cowboys there. And so I met George at the all church retreat this, this past year. And, uh, I love George and he, 
we really we really hit it off so that was another reason why i was wanting to go on this trip and so i talked to my work i got the days off and i'm on supervised uh release i'm on supervised probation so i didn't think this trip was going to happen and god made it clear that I, I needed to go because my probation said go ahead and go and that's not supposed to happen so anyways so so god made it clear i got the okay and so two weeks ago we left um when we got to laramie we 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 went to a ranch on saturday night we got there saturday night and this is it yeah and uh, this was a foi event and i would say there was probably 20 20 international students there somewhere around 20 and uh, i got to talk with uh, a guy from afghanistan a couple from iran and man it, it was it was really cool and we got to ride horses there's oliver nate uh this is heidi she she owns the ranch her and her husband jim was it jim nate or jeff jeff yeah they own the ranch they let us hang out there so that was really cool and then we had a fire pit so we got to just hang out with the internationals ride horses <laughs> ride horses sit around the fire pit and uh just minister so that was that was saturday and then sunday morning uh for church we meet at the library and uh while we were waiting for george to get there with the keys i got to have a conversation with a kid he's 18 named anthony and he's part of the uh the youth group there at laramie which there's two kids one's wyatt which is george's son and then anthony and anthony's had it pretty rough you know uh, group homes and stuff like that so i got to talk with him encourage him and uh yeah so his name's anthony i i pray that he's still plugged in and, and going but church started in the library at, at nine o'clock we had prayer like corporate like like what we do on tuesday nights that this is just i don't know 10 or 15 of us and so we all prayed uh george shared uh some prayer requests that they would be a house of prayer a house of worship and then we had some uh some some events that were taking place that we needed to pray about for just gospel and conversations and, and fruit and stuff like that and then nate brought the message from joshua uh joshua chapter two uh what was that about rahab's rescue so yeah yeah that was good nate nate brought the message and uh there was there was one person i know for sure that was there for the first time uh her and her two kids and yeah it was it was cool but for, for me uh i got to stay with caleb um i saw a picture of him up there he's real tall like seven foot something where's a cowboy i anyways george and jamie discipled caleb Am I right about this? Casey. 
George, George and Jamie discipled Casey and his wife. I got to stay with Casey. Uh, they, my dad, Oliver, and Nate stayed elsewhere. So I got to stay up late with Casey and wake up early with him and, and read the Bible and pray with him. So for me, it was one of the main points for me was just getting a, a relationship with him. And, you know, we like the same kind of things. He drives a truck. He, he manages a, a, a company out there. And uh, he's into hunting, and so that was really cool. Uh, another thing is I saw I saw George's heart for the people. Uh, he loves people. He loves the Bible. And he's just somebody I want to be around. And uh, I would encourage anyone and everyone to go out there. I'm going to go back out there and see him for sure. And uh, it was... I, I've never been on a mission trip. It was it was awesome. It was it was nothing short of amazing to see uh, what God's doing in Laramie with with my own eyes. And I had more to say, but I don't want to be up here. So I I'm kind of James asked me, so here I am. But yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Here's Nate. All right. Well, good to see you guys. Um, Paul covered a lot of kind of what we did while we were there. I'll try to hit on just a few things that stood out to me or things that I noticed or learned. So Paul mentioned it was his first mission trip. It was also our son Oliver's first mission trip. So he's 10. And since he was probably seven or eight, probably a few years now, he's been saying, hey, I want to go on a mission trip. I want to go on a mission trip. And so we just kind of randomly decided, well, once you're double digits when you're 10, we'll do a mission trip. So he's 10 now, and this came up, and I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity for him to come. So uh, maybe some of you guys are in that boat, uh, like Paul and Oliver, where you haven't been on a mission trip yet. I would definitely recommend Laramie. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a great place to go, I think, for a first trip. Uh, you'll love the people there. It's a small church, but it's a really great time. Uh, Oliver loved it. He learned a lot of a lot of things. I think uh, one of them that was really special to him, I believe, was he learned how to uh, pee in a bottle when you're on a road trip. So that that was a new experience for him. Uh, he was kind of blown away by that whole idea. I was driving at the time, so Uncle Paul was kind of coaching him uh, fr from a distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Oliver learned a lot that that included, but it was a it was a really great time. You know, I did ask some other people about going, but I'm really glad it worked out the way it did, and we got to go together. So, just some things that really stood out for me: uh, the FOI event Paul mentioned, but there were a bunch of internationals there. Like I was kind of blown away by that because they're a small church. You know, if you have ten people regularly meeting and then double that number are coming to these events, that's a pretty big deal. So their love for internationals is very evident. Uh, they they are really building relationships with the international students. And most of them, if not all of them, uh, don't even go to their church, but they're building that bridge, they're making a connection, and those internationals just love them. It's so obvious. Uh, I saw how on Sunday, 
George and Jamie, we ate lunch after church and then we're just kind of hanging out talking. And one of these international students was texting George at that time saying, Hey, can we get play volleyball? Can we go on a bike ride? Like they're just wanting to hang out with them. And George and Jamie are like, yeah, let's do it. They're just dropping whatever they got going on. Uh, and they're going and ministering to these internationals. So that was really cool. Uh, really encouraging to see, uh, then Sunday morning, uh, you know, we had church and it was, it was cool to be in a, a really small church like that. It's been a while, uh, since I've, you know, been in that kind of setting church setting, uh, it's just a small little group, but they're really all about it. Like that was another thing that was very obvious is even though there's 10 or 12 of them, they're all about discipleship, uh, Bible study, evangelism, all their announcements were about all those things. They're doing discipleship, they're learning the Bible, they're reaching out and evangelizing, inviting people. Um, so man, it's, ex it's exciting to think about what God is going to do uh, there in Laramie and what he's already doing. And like Paul mentioned, there was I know one new visitor there for the first time on Sunday morning. And again, for 10 to 12 people, that's a big deal. Uh, having a brand new visitor and her two uh, sons there for the first time. So, you know, God's at work there. Uh, it's it's exciting. Uh, but I think it's also easy, at least for me, to kind of uh, forget about these small little works that are going on in different places like Laramie. So I'm really glad I got to go because when you go on a mission trip and get to spend time with these people, uh, your, your heart kind of gets connected with them, you know? So now I, I think about Laramie, you know, I think about George and Jeremy or George and Jamie and Anthony. Uh, I think about those international students cause we got to go and spend time with them. So, you know, I, I really encourage you guys to go and do missions, go on trips. Uh, your heart will get connected with the people You'll think about them when you come back here and be reminded to pray for them. Uh, and and that's a good thing. Uh, I think one other thing that stood out is just that that uh, mentality, that mindset that they have as still being a, a young church in the early stages, just a small group where all of them are doing everything uh, and they're all very intentional. And I, I think, you know, it, it can be easy to get away from that. You know, I've been here since 2007, so it can be easy that I have the people I do things with here at Midtown. I do kind of the same thing week by week, uh, but I was really reminded of having that that mindset like they have where they're going to be intentional. They're going to reach people. They're going to meet visitors, uh, and and they're just they, they're in that place, and it can be easy, I think, to get away from that place, so I want to uh, stay like that, stay in that, that mindset and that mentality. So, uh, I encourage you all to go. Laramie is a really great, uh, mission trip and I'm glad we got to go. So thanks guys. A couple times a year to Laramie. Laramie is a great first missions trip. It's not too far. You can drive it in like nine hours if you're Larry Smith. 10 to 11 hours if you're a normal person. Two days if you have to take kids and pee in bottles on the way. If dad's driving, yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, it's not too far. It's pretty easy. They speak English. Uh, they're a lot like us. You guys know George and, and Casey. They come here quite a bit. So in a lot of ways, it's simple. Uh, but it is, in a lot of ways, it's like a whole other world. You probably saw the, maybe you noticed the Betsy Ross flag was on the side of the barn. They don't even know there's 50 states yet. They don't even know that there's another flag. So it's far enough removed that they're in this country and they're still cheering for Betsy to sell up another flag. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic there. In some ways it's like being in the Amazon. Poor Betsy died hundreds of years ago. Nobody's had the heart to tell, what was her name? The lady who owns it? Heidi, no one's told Heidi yet. Numbers 32. Let's look at Numbers 32 for a couple minutes. By the time you get to Numbers chapter 32, God is trying to take his people into the promised land. This was an arise, go thing. He brought them up out of Egypt. And he said, I'm going to take you into Canaan, into a promised land. And so they get up and they're going. And, you know, a lot has happened. Uh, they sent 12 spies. Ten of them came back and said, no, we can't go. And two of them said, yes, we can. And the people listened to the 10, and the 10 said, no, this is a no-go. And so an entire generation of people uh, did not go into the promised land. And, you know, so we've worked through that. Anyone who is 20 years old and older at, at that moment of that decision died in the wilderness. So there's a, you know, a good principle there. And that's kind of what I told you a few minutes ago. Anyone... When we refuse to arise and go, we wander in the wilderness. And then ultimately, if we refuse to go, we die. We just die, wasting our life. We never go to the promised land. We never go and accomplish what God actually called us to do. And so if you were 21 years old on, on that day, you would have had up to you know, 40 years of life where you would have just been in a wilderness wandering, never saw the promised land, never did what God called you to do. And now you're at the next generation, and they're, again, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And we're going to look at a couple verses here, and I'm just going to give you a couple points in terms of missions going and mission support. And then we'll just close with some time to pray for Laramie. Oh, those last two pictures you saw were not from their trip. Can you back up? Uh, they're from other events that are going on since, since we just saw them. I'll, I'll just mention them now. Not that one. This one. So they have a, a bunch of FOI events that you can see all the diversity and the international students. One thing I love about this group is how willing they are to go all in, like just jump in and do it. Because uh, you see Casey and L'Oreal, they're, they're dressed like they're Indian or Pakistani. You know, they got the kurtas on and, and the saris. Like they, they're, they're doing it. They love it. We need some of that in us. We need this, this willingness to say, I can be a, uh, a fool for Christ. Who cares what these people around me think? Like, I'm going to go and love these people. And they're having dinner there. And then you saw a picture of George with three guys. They were out on a bike ride. Yeah. Just like Nate mentioned, they just always want to get together. And they got mountains and they go riding. So these are, are three other international students. So lots of opportunity there. All right. Now, back to Numbers 32. First one. So the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. Then they decided, they tell Moses, they say, we don't want to cross. 
they come and, and, and verse five, wherefore said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession and bring us not over Jordan. But God had commanded them to go over Jordan, but they're saying, we actually don't want to go. We're comfortable where we're at. We want to stay right here. In fact, where we're at suits our objectives really well. This is a land for cattle and we actually have a lot of cattle. Right, So they're looking at life, they're looking at situation, they're looking at circumstance through a lens that best benefits uh, themselves and maybe their, their business, uh, the growth of their family. They have a lot of reasons, but they're all personal. They're all, all of these reasons and say, this is a good place for us. Though God had said, over here is the place where I want you. Okay? Those are two very different places. And we do the same thing. We can look at life and we can ask the question, where does God want me? Or we can look at life through the lens that says, what's good for us? You know, like me and Rosie. and We go like, what's good for us? Where does God want me? Okay. So they say, hey, we, we just want to stay here. And then in verse six, Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, shall your brethren go to war? And shall ye sit here? So the command was they have to go over and they actually have to fight. To get the promised land, there's a fight that has to happen. They got to go in and they've got to win the land, but God's promised to go with them and to do the fighting. And, you know, we saw uh, last week that God's, God's pretty good at fighting. Remember that, that one angel in the, in the Syrian army? Remember that? Okay, so they can kill hundreds of thousands uh, in, in a night just with one angel. So God's got this fight thing figured out. And God said, you need to go. And, and what Moses' response was, your brethren are going to go to war and you're just going to sit here. Now, in terms of missions and in terms of mission support specifically, I think this is exactly how God looks at us. And this is the same question that he's going to ask many of us if we choose not to engage in missions, both going, but also mission support. He's going to say, are your brethren, your brethren are going to go to war and you're just going to sit here. You're not going to support them at all. You don't want to engage in the war with them. Now, not everyone is going to get called to the mission field. Not everyone will have an opportunity to go to Laramie next year. And that's not even necessarily the goal that everybody goes to Laramie or Boston or, or India next year. The goal is that everyone engage in the mission. And that's pray and prepare and give and go. That includes support. But when, when our people go to war and we don't pray for them, we don't support them financially, we don't sacrifice for them, we don't love them, then God, like Moses, looks at us and says, are your brethren going to go to war and you're just going to sit here? You're just going to sit around and do nothing? Now, the, the children of Gad and, and Reuben, you know, they actually have an answer to that. They, they say uh, down in verse 16, and they came near unto him and said, uh, we will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. And, and they start to lay out their plan. It's like, no, we're not just sitting here. Actually, we got a lot to do. We want to uh, build houses and we're going to put down roots and we're going to prepare for the next generation of our family. And, you know, we got to take care of our cattle. And so they had all of these things that they wanted to do. And their point was, you know, life goes on. Like, we're going to keep living life. But God's point, Moses' point was this. 
This is our this is our first key principle that I want to give you today. Anything that you do with your life other than engage in the mission will be as if it were nothing in comparison. God will look at your life and he will say, why are you just sitting around? He said, no, I'm not sitting around. Like I, I homeschool and I work full time and uh, you know, I, I go to church, I'm, I'm, I'm faithful, and uh, you know, I sing in the choir, and be like, I have all of these things that I do, and some of them are even good things that God wants us to do, but you do it without gauging in the mission, and God looks at that, and he says, you're just sitting around. You go, you don't realize how busy my life is, pastor. Well, God says you're just sitting around. So you're busy, but for all the wrong reasons. It's like you're doing nothing. If we don't engage in missions activity and in mission support, then what are we doing? And so going, doing this 10-hour, 20-hour, whatever, drive to Laramie so you can be there for two days and then drive back. You know, it takes some planning. It takes some prep, but it doesn't take a whole lot of time. It doesn't take a whole lot of money. But what God says is when you decide to do that, that's worth more than all of the other stuff that you could do that has no value for the kingdom. And when those people decide to go, and this is our prayer, that that some of you would be able to go next year, right? And when when it does work out that, hey, Mark is getting on a team, you know what? Faith Fellowship, if we don't support that, if we don't pray for that, if we don't engage with that, then the same thing is true of us. Why are you just sitting around and doing nothing? And and even in the broader context of our church, you know, we, we have missionary prayer nights and we talk about missions. Uh, we have a missions update almost every Tuesday. You hear about things that are going on in, in, in India with Doug Pearson, or you hear about things in Romania, or you hear about things in Kenya, you hear about things all over the world. And if we hear those things and we just set those things aside and we never engage with with those people, even if it be from a distance and you've never met them, you say, all I'm going to do is I'm going to actually engage with the Lord on their behalf. Then what are we doing? At least I'm up to date on my uh, Netflix watching. Well, I got that going for me. And so, you know, Moses comes and he's like, hey, you're just going to sit around and do nothing. And then verse 7, Moses says this, And wherefore discourage ye the hearts of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them. Listen, this is another reality. When, when we don't engage, we actually uh, also discourage those around us. Moses said, Gad, Reuben, if you don't go, and if you're not engaged in this mission, somebody's looking at you. In their case, it would have been 10 other tribes. The one that's not listed here, half tribe of Reuben is going to back out as well, or uh, of Manasseh. This is Reuben, Gad, then half of the tribe of Manasseh makes the same decision. Someone else is watching and someone else is discouraged from going to battle. And Moses' point was, we did this 40 years ago. He, He brings it up in the next verses. Your fathers did the same thing. What he's saying is, you did this. You were 40 years, you wandered in the wilderness, and you got right back to the place where it's like those 10 spies are standing before you saying, we can't go into the land. And you're like, you're right, we can't go into the land. 
But when you choose not to engage, and you might go, well, but I'm just me. Like nobody's paying attention to me. Nobody cares what I do. No, somebody's paying attention to you. And somebody's thinking, look, if, if he doesn't engage, if she doesn't engage, then why would I engage? You go, but I, you know, I'm not the pastor. I don't lead the Bible study. But somebody, you're leading somebody. And you discourage those that are around you when you choose not to engage. Or maybe you are engaged, but you just don't communicate it. I think we also, we have a responsibility to do what Paul and Nate just did. And as hard as that may be, Paul's like, I don't really want to be up here. Uh, in fact, the text he sent me this morning said, you're killing me. Sure. But this part's important too. You, we need to be a people that are, are able to talk about what God is doing in our lives. Both here in us and abroad and how, and how we engage with that. Because the people around us need to hear it. Out there in the world, but in here as well. People need to hear, hey, I was praying for uh, Doug Pearson and, you know, and they went and they were going to go to this unreached people group and they went and people got saved. Like, we need to hear that kind of feedback and we need to hear from people, no matter how good you are or how good you think you are getting up and communicating how nervous it makes you. Look, just tell somebody, just sit and talk to them, just let them know. All right, so your fathers, they messed up, they did the same thing, they wandered in the wilderness. But the instruction is to go. And, you know, when you, when you lead people away from the mission, when you lead people away from engaging in the mission, when you discourage people, what you actually do is you don't just discourage them, you actually destroy them. Because remember, if you don't engage, you die. You wander in the wilderness and then you die. And so ultimately, uh, Reuben and Gad decide, you know what, you're right, Moses, we're going to go. And that's what they start to, to point out in verse 16. They said, okay, so we're going to do all of these things, verse 17, but, but we ourselves will go ready, armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them unto their place and our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return unto our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance. For we will not inherit with them on yonder side, Jordan, uh, or forward, because our inheritance has fallen to us on this side, Jordan, eastward. Okay, so here's the decision that they come to. They go, okay, you know what? We will settle on this side, but we're going to go forth to war as if we were a part of those who were going into the land. And this is really important, I think, in the realm of mission support. Not everybody will go. But if we all took this mindset that says, you know what, when, when Andrew Ong goes, I, I want to go forth into battle with him as if I were one who was moving to Vietnam. And this was their, their point. They said, we're not going to come back and inhabit our land until they get their land. Okay, and here's the second principle that I want to give you for today. Taking the land is the responsibility of all members of the family, even if the land is not specifically for you. Okay? Now, we teach this in principle even to our children. Like, our children have responsibilities in the home. Uh, you have your room, and you got to clean it. And I got my room, and I got to clean it. But then we have these, you know, 
other parts of the house. My kids go, well, the kitchen's not mine. The kitchen's mom's. You know what? The whole family has the responsibility to go in and to claim the land. Even if you think it isn't yours, kid, pick up your dishes. Clean the kitchen. Engage in the mission with us. The whole land. That whole house got to get clean. And then they want to go out and jump on the trampoline. And then they go, well, I don't want to mow. I don't want to. The, the yard's not mine. I'm like, boy, the yard is yours. We're trying to teach them these same things, you know, principally, among other principles as well. But the, the idea is this. We're a family. And I'm not at peace until, until Dan is at peace. Like, Dan is going to get Lee Summit. That's the land he's got. I'm not going to Lee Summit. But you know what? We're going to support that until they are settled in their land. And this is one of our principles for us as a, as a local body when we look at missions. We're not at rest until Mike is settled in his land. We will be with Mike as long as it takes for Mike and his group to grow and to get established, to have the people and have a foothold in that land where we can say, okay, now, now we can, re we can rest in our land. We're here. We know for most of us, Kansas City is home, and we're going to be here until the rapture. Praise the Lord for that. But we're not at peace, and we don't give up on Tampa until they are settled in their land. And that will be the same of every, every missionary and every church plant that we send. And we will continue to send, and we will continue to support even others, but especially those that come out of us, those who come out of Midtown are the ones that we have to support. We have to take the same mindset right here. I, I may never move to any of those cities I just named. I may, you may never even visit any of those cities that we just named. But they're us. That's our family. And if brother's going to war, then I'm going to war. You guys remember Tombstone? feel like I have to bring up Tombstone. Tell Sam. Hey, Cheryl, be sure you tell Sam. I'm Good. Bonus points. There was that scene in Tombstone where Wyatt's like, I don't want to get involved in anything. I'm just, I'm a retired lawman. I'm trying to make money. And then the, the youngest brother, uh, he, he, he shows up with a badge on and he's like, Wyatt's like, what were you doing? And the younger brother, what's the youngest brother's name? I don't remember. Anyway, huh? Anyway, the youngest brother's like, I can't just, you know, we got a Morgan. Morgan. Is Morgan the, the older one? Who's the older one? Virgil. Okay, Virgil was the first one. The oldest brother, Virgil, he's like, I can't just sit around and watch these people get taken advantage of. Virgil's like, I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta stand up for the people. And Wyatt turns to Morgan and he's like, Morgan, talk some sense into him. And Morgan opens his coat and he's wearing a star too. And he goes, you got to back your brother's play, Wyatt. And, Wyatt. and then eventually Wyatt gets in the game too, right? This is the deal. If Virgil's going to war, then Morgan's going with him. And if Morgan gets in, you watch out because Wyatt's coming. You don't want Wyatt shooting at you. Well, you know, when, whenever that next church plant comes, whatever it is, whoever's going to war, uh, we, want, we want that city, we want the enemy to know that you know what? Well, if he's getting in, then Dell's getting in. If Dell's getting in, Sean's getting in. If Sean's getting in, Rashad's getting in. 
the Prashad's in, Daryl's in. You don't want Daryl to come. You get to be like Virgil. Or Wyatt. You look more like Virgil. Anyway. All right, so that's where we're at. Listen, in terms of mission support, that's what we got to do. That's our heart. That's our mindset. We're going to go to battle. We're going to go to battle with those that, that God is raising up out of this place. And Faith Fellowship will be a place where we want to support missions. Uh, it'll be my responsibility, Dell's responsibility, to put those opportunities in front of you to make sure you stay informed. We will do that in December through Mission Focus. Actually, December 31st is a fifth Sunday. So it'll work out perfect at the end of the year to talk about the next year and what's coming up in missions. And then we'll be praying about how will God have me to be involved in missions next year. We've got about eight or nine minutes. I want you to grab some, some neighbors and consider that. Talk to them. Uh, you know, what is your engagement in missions? What is your role in missions? Maybe you've never even considered it. Maybe, maybe the whole idea of missions is a really big thought, a really kind of, uh, you know, far-fetched idea. Well, talk to your neighbor about where you're at and, and say, neighbor, what do you, what is my next step? Even if you don't know, ask your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor will help you. We want to think about what are our next steps and how do we engage? And can I commit to say that when my brothers go to war, that we're family? When that bathroom needs cleaning. Sometimes I just got to clean it. And when my brother needs some help, somebody got to go. All right? All right, so you got time. Let's grab some, some neighbors. Let's talk about our engagement and missions. Let's pray over that. And then you guys will be dismissed here in six or eight minutes.